if you don't know me again, my name is Adam. It is a holiday weekend here at DHC, and so we're picking up some of those extra duties. John is actually up with his family and Jacqueline's family in New Jersey. John grew up in New Jersey, and so I'm happy to be with you all today here for week three in this series that we're calling Detox. And I love what John has done so far because Detox is this idea that we would be talking about the impurities in our lives, whether that would be the mindsets we have or even any of the things hanging on to religion that we've been dealing with throughout our lives or maybe some unhealthiness that we know we just really need to get right because we know that until we clear some of those things out in our lives that we really can't experience faith in the way that God has called us to experience it, that some of these things are really hanging around and they're distractions for us or we're thinking about things that we shouldn't be thinking about, and things aren't just putting us on the path that they need to be put on. And so we're talking about this idea of detox. John talked about forgiveness last week and, and how we actually deal with that and bitterness that goes along with it. It was a powerful time. If you did not hear that message, please go back and watch on our YouTube channel. It's a phenomenal way that you can um, understand and engage with that. So Today, I wanted to present you with an idea, and I think today is going to be a powerful time together. I think today is going to hit a lot of us right between the eyes. It's going to be relatable for a lot of us because one of the things I want to bring up is the number one problem that Christians have. So I've been in the local church for a long time now. I've dealt with a lot of things inside of the local church. I got a 20-some year career here inside the local church of dealing with people, dealing with kids, and dealing with families, and dealing with volunteers. And I just kind of sat back and I've said to myself, over the course of time, as I've interacted with people inside of the church and they've talked to me about issues going on in their lives and asked for counseling as if I knew what I was talking about, and there were people who would just say, hey... I got this problem. And so I started to think about what is kind of that number one thing that Christians, people inside of churches have. Is it sinful patterns? And the answer is this is prevalent. People have been dealing with stuff. People have sin in their lives that they're trying to work through, that they're, that they're navigating through. We've talked about many of these issues, but that's not the answer. Is it finding a church? Um, is it this idea that, hey, I got to find a place where I feel like it's the right fit for me and my family? Um, Bible believing, Bible preaching, do they have this going on? Do they have this going on? Do they have a good kids program? Do they have good people in place? Do they mean what they say? Are they authentic? Are they fake? Is finding a church the number one problem I've heard Christians have? Well, no. I mean, I talk about it a lot, but that's not the number one problem. Um, maybe it's this one. John talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it's sticking with the faith because this is really tough. Man, I became a Christian. I crossed the line of faith. I know I want to follow after Jesus. I want to live my life and, and walk in the direction of him and his word. But this is just tough. I, I, I wander. I, I, I get off path. I, how do I stick with the faith? And, and that, even though it's a prevalent issue, that's not the number one problem that Christians have. Did you know that, in, in, at least in my experience, right? The number one problem that I have heard Christians have over the course of time in my ministry career is dealing with, you ready for it? Do not miss this because this is going to change, I believe, the trajectory of how you view the world in just a second. That's a big statement. I'm making it, right? Dealing with people. I, I, Christians just don't know how to deal with people. They hate people, right? Because who doesn't hate people? How, and, and we live in a world where we see people's lives on social media. 
consistently and people are texting us and we're getting stuff, you probably just dealt with this over the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet that you didn't like everybody around your table. I'm just betting, right? I'm, I'm, I bet you you got problems with somebody and, 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 and really at the end of the day, you believe, right, at, at some level, you believe that a lot of people or maybe some people and you don't know how to process this and you don't know how to deal with this, you believe that there are some toxic people in your life. How many people would admit right here, right now, don't worry, the lights are dark, nobody can see you, that you have toxic people in your life? Anybody, anybody think that that's them? Okay, no hands are going up. That's not true. You just don't want anybody to know it. I understand. But what I am saying, like, and maybe they're sitting next to you. Maybe they're your spouse. Oh, we don't need to go into that kind of, we shouldn't talk. Anyway, right? Like you've dealt with a bunch of people like this and you're like, I just can't reconcile these individuals with my faith. How can people be this dumb? How can people be, how could they act this way, right? And so we think that they're toxic. And by the way, maybe they are. Maybe you actually have some toxic people in your life. What do you, what do, you do with that? Maybe. Maybe you're going to get through this message today and you're going to determine that you're a toxic person. And you got to make some changes. Because if we're going to detox and we got to figure out how to get on the right path with Jesus and we got to figure out how to go after our faith, we, we know that I, I can't be dealing with this toxicity in my life. I got to detox. So maybe you're having some folks come to your mind right about now. Because really, at the end of the day, life and Christianity and following after Jesus is about people. Jesus was all about people. This love your neighbor as yourself movement was all about people. How do we reconcile that in our own life and our own faith? Because I've interacted with a lot of you, even a lot of you in this room, and a lot of you don't like people. That's a problem. So, so I want to identify, but, but I'm not saying that it's not valid. Here's where the tension comes in. Here's where we have to have this dialogue because I want to talk about then, okay, what if people are really toxic in your life and they're weighing you down and they're weighing your faith down? What do you do? So first of all, before we do that, maybe I, maybe I can help you identify, right? Some traits of toxic people, Okay. If, you, if you're like, man, I, I feel like I have some people in my life like this, and I know that this is something that's not good for me, or maybe I got to figure out how to deal with it. What are some traits, Adam, of toxic people? I'm glad you asked. Number one, they're manipulative. This is not an easy one to hear. A lot of people who are toxic try to get us to do what they want us to do. And they don't know that they do it, but they're manipulative. And they're good. Because when you want someone to do what you want them to do and you start bending and flexing the truth and reality to get it done, we have a problem. And the problem is, is that reality starts blending with unreality and we start not knowing what is real and not toxic. They're manipulative. Number two, they take more than they give. Oh, and you're like, that's that, that's that person who was sitting across from me on Thursday. I, I know who this person is. They take more than they give. You know somebody like this? Man, I, 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 I wish that I could get this face and name out of my mind, but they are a taker, never a giver. They are a taker. Number three, their apologies are not sincere. Ooh, this one really gets me. 
right? And you notice that toxic behavior starts to go in. I can act this way. I can do this, but I know that I shouldn't do this. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. And they do it again. Not saying we all can't step in mud every now and then, but they do it again. And the apologies are not sincere and it's not real. It's not authentic. It's fake. And all of a sudden, toxicity begins to creep back in to your relationship. They don't listen to you. You ever have a conversation with someone and they're staring straight through you? That really grinds my gears. When I'm talking to somebody and I know that they are not listening to me and they're looking at what's going on behind me, they don't listen to you. And they claim to have an authentic, real relationship with you, but this is where toxicity becomes, comes in. And then lastly, I, I just want to give you this number five because I kind of come up with these and thought about these. They make you feel bad. You got anybody in your life who just makes you feel bad and you leave a conversation with them. You're like, man, I feel like garbage. This person ridiculed me up and down. They made me feel bad. This is toxic so much that it's consuming your mind. It's consuming your heart. And it's, you know, it's coming between you and really this idea of an authentic faith. Here's a question. Because there's always tension in issues like this, right? Here's the question. What do we do? What do you do with these kinds of individuals in your life? Because I could really, right? I could argue both sides of this. We could uh, engage with this individual and help them kind of see the error of their ways and we could help them reconcile and we could live in peace and harmony and candy land for the rest of our lives. It's not the way life works all the time, is it? Or we could go, I gotta move on. I got to cut this person loose. This person is unhealthy for me. I should not be dealing with this. I am being held back in my own life because of this. I need this person to go away from me. I don't care where they go, but I want them away from me. I could argue both sides of this from the Christian perspective. And I could win both arguments. Let, let's do it, shall we? Let's, let's take a look at the book of Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Book of Colossians, phenomenal book, right? And, and here's what it says. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Let's read that again together. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That's a sting, right? I don't like this person. They're manipulative. They make me feel bad. I can't stand them. I want them out of my life. But ooh, remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. It goes on. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Okay. So I got these toxic people in my life. They're doing this stuff to me. But Jesus is pretty clear in the scripture about how we're to treat other individuals. So I got, okay, I got to suck it up and I got to forgive again. And I got to give this thing another go. And I got to put one foot in front of the other. Here's the other side of the now, the book of Proverbs, Old Testament, old school, shall we say, says this. Get ready. This is a good one. What are the worthless and wicked people like? If that's not my Aunt Mary, I'm not sure who it is. And may, you got an Aunt Mary in your life, okay? They are constant. Aunt Mary's not watching, hopefully, but that's fine if she is. They are constant liars. 
signaling their deceit with the wink of an eye. I know there's people in your mind and heart right now. You know who who you're, you're thinking of. A nudge of the foot or the wiggle of fingers. Their perverted hearts plot evil and they constantly stir up trouble, but, right, they will be destroyed suddenly, broken in an instant beyond all hope of feeling, excuse me, of healing. Got to get rid of these people in our lives. The scripture's pretty clear. These people are going to be broken in an instant beyond all hope or healing. Like, I can't, I got to get rid of these people. This is too much for me. How do we balance a faith in Christ with the toxic people in our lives? How does that work? I don't know. I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to answer this one today. I'm going to give some practicals and some tips as we come toward the end, but I'm not sure that I know. I know that being a Christian and following after Jesus is a constant faith-filled journey of figuring out how he would want you to live. I know a number of things. I know that he would want you to love others with all your heart and be a generous person of forgiveness and do it over and over and over and over again. I also know he wouldn't want you to be abused. So what do you do? How does this work? How do we set back and go, okay, I really got to evaluate this situation because for some of you in this room, this situation is real. This is not a joke and a relative who annoys you at, 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 at a holiday. This is a real individual who is weighing down your life and you are dealing with this consistently. How does this work? And, and I think that in this circumstance, there are so many situations that are individualistic that we have to step back and take a look at the circumstance and go, okay, what do I do in this situation now. So I gave you some traits about toxic people as we kind of started this message and then we contrastly looked at just some two, like just contrasting verses in scripture about individuals and and how we should forgive and the wicked, I get it. So then I started to step back and I go, okay, I wanna make some observations about toxic people. So I gave you some traits. Now I just kind of wanna give you Adam's general observation about toxic people. And by the way, this next part is going to fill this room with tension and it's going to fill your heart with tension, especially if you're a follower of Jesus in this room, because some of us are going to have conviction that we're not going to be able to ignore by the end of it. So stay with me. Observation. Observations about toxic people. Ready? They generally don't know that they're toxic. Because nobody ever has the guts to tell them that they're toxic and all you do and all I do is talk about them behind their back. So they don't know they're toxic. What do you you mean I'm toxic? Nobody's ever said that to me. You ever brought up in a very calm and unique way that someone might be a toxic individual to their face? Really? Nobody's ever told me that before. No, because we're all cowards and we don't have the guts to face somebody and help them actually resolve the issue, myself included. They generally don't know they're toxic. 
Here's a second observation. You're not the first person to consider cutting them out of your life. They've been dealing with this for a long time. They've been dealing with this probably for years. And people are cutting them out and they're going, I wonder what's wrong. That person doesn't call me anymore. That person doesn't talk to me anymore. I wonder what happened. I wonder what I did. Right? Number three, I love this one. They probably struggle with employment. John said, you know, you might not want to say that one. I said, no, I think we need to say that one. That one's a good one. Because sometimes people bounce from job to job and they go, I wonder why. Yeah, they got, I got fired again. They brought me in. They said, hey, this isn't the position for you. Again, because nobody wants to tell them that they're toxic. And you go, I wonder what happened. I'm on my fifth job in a couple years. I moved to Fort Lauderdale for a career. Keep changing. But probably struggle. Right? Number four. Here's another observation. They're generally passive aggressive. Aren't they? You got all these things that exist about toxic people. So let's go back to our question at hand because it's such an important and a key question. You want to get healthy because detoxing is all about healthy in your life? You want to come to a healthy place with people, with individuals, which by the way, every single person in this room struggles with? You want to come to a place with individuals in your life where you get healthy? We have to answer this question. How do we balance a faith in Christ with the toxic people in our lives? How do we do this? What does this look like in your life? What does this look like in my life? Because I am not exempt from this. I do the same exact thing week in, month out in my life as you do as it relates to toxic people. Let me just ignore them. Let me figure out how to forgive them and move on. Like, but what do we do? So I'm going to give you three things that I think will be transformative, rooted in scripture, based in the text, that I think will help you navigate through these situations. Number one, always, always, always be quick to forgive. Be quick to forgive. John brought this up last week, and I think that it is so relevant and so valid, especially as it relates to toxic people. If you missed last week, go catch up. It's important, but you need to figure out how to be quick to forgive because forgiveness, uh, holding on to unforgiveness in your life is like a corrosion for your entire body and heart. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 says this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others in their, in their sins, right, your Father will not forgive your sins. I don't know about you, but I want my sins forgiven. And this is pretty clear. So I need to forgive others over and over and over again. Forgiveness, John said last week, that's why it's going back up. Forgiveness is giving others what God gave you. So this is a self-evaluation moment for all of us. Are you a forgiver? Or are you a holder honor? And, th and this is in all relationships in our lives, not just toxic ones. It could be your marriage, it could be your dating relationship, it could be a parent-child relationship, could be a, a relative relationship, whatever, whatever the relationship is. Are, are you a forgiver? Or are you holding on? And for those toxic relationships, are you holding on to unforgiveness at the center of your heart? 
this is this next one I'm gonna put up. It's gonna make a lot of you uncomfortable. A lot of you uncomfortable. But it's something that I believe is the key to doing what we need to do through this process related to toxic people. An honest conversation is necessary. This is not an option. And, and I, I want to I bring up the scripture related to this. This is, this is something we just preach on here at DHC, and it's really valid. And I think that Jesus talked about this, and it was so important. And this is what we get wrong in a lot of ways. Matthew chapter 18, right, verses 15 through 16. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. Let's stop there. If we just did that, most of the problems in our society would be solved. They would be. If we just privately, without telling other people and making a social case of it or posting it on social media, went to an individual and said, hey, something happened. It's been weighing on my heart. I got to bring it to you. I want to talk it out. If we just did that, things would be different in our culture all day. It says this, if the person listens and can go back once, if the person listens and confesses it, you have won the person back. Let's continue. And it says, but if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Listen. The Bible is very clear. You got a problem with somebody, go bring it up to them. And now listen, maybe it's time to bring somebody with you and go, hey, we got to talk about this because we're trying to help. We want this to be healed. We want this to be right. But nobody does this. Nobody. I do it sometimes and people are shocked. can't believe you said that to me. Well, I'm not trying to disrespect. I'm just trying to bring something up in private so we can have an honest conversation about this. I appreciate when people say things to me. People will come and speak into my life and say, Adam, I got to talk to you about this. Here it is. And I'm going, man, thanks for telling me. And the other thing I will often say is, thanks for not making a case of this because it doesn't need to be broadcasted to everybody because that's what everybody loves to do, broadcast it. And then what happens? Toxic people who are hurt by it get more toxic. An honest conversation might be necessary. Maybe you need to go talk to somebody who is a toxic person in your life, and it's time because you've been waiting and waiting and waiting around for way too long. And then lastly, it's a tough one. You got to determine if the relationship can be saved. I heard this this week by a guy by the name of Ryan Leak. If you've never heard of him, he's a phenomenal communicator on business and leadership, and he's actually a pastor as well. And I heard this quote, and I said, I got, I got to put this in. We should be generous with forgiveness and discerning with reconciliation. We should be generous with forgiveness and discerning with reconciliation. Should every relationship if you've been broken and hurt, turn back into a best friend relationship immediately. Be good if it could, but it probably can't. You've got to determine if the relationship can be saved. And by the way, friends, that is between you, God, and the other individual. Maybe things are just like, hey, we're, 
we're forgiving each, each other and we're moving on and we're going to see if something will happen someday between us again in terms of we can salvage the relationship. Maybe you say we're forgiving each other and we, you know, we used to care for each other and love each other and have this great friendship and connection and we're going to see if we, that can exist again. I don't know. But I know that we should be generous with forgiveness and discerning with reconciliation. Last week, John put this on the screen. It was so impactful that I wanted us to revisit it because the book of Ephesians chapter four lists out all of these particular things about how we should live. And I think this applies to toxic people in in a massive, massive way. Ephesians chapter four, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Brawling and slander along with every form of malice. And then it goes on. This is so key. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. Just as Christ, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Gang, interpersonal relationships are the most difficult thing that we will ever deal with in our life. Friendships, family members, marriage, dating relationships, they are the most difficult thing Christians deal with. And toxic people in our lives make that even more complicated and worse. So if we're talking about detox, getting clean, what does that look like? What do we do with this? What's the practical? Each week, we put this word on the screen because we want you to leave here and put into practice on Monday what you've heard on a Sunday. John says, let me quote him, we want you to leave here and we want you to know exactly what to do with what you've heard. This is really impactful for many people in this room. And, and, and I oftentimes will get off this stage and I'll meet people out there and they'll, they'll ask me this question and I want to present it to you before I go into the practical. I'll say, Adam, um, I know you probably don't know all of my story, but were you talking to me today? I wasn't, but I guarantee you the Holy Spirit probably was. So you should listen. If this message was for you today, then in some way that we don't understand that we could never grasp or imagine, God wove together the piece, perfect piece of this puzzle for you to be in this room or you to be listening today. What's the practical? Be quick to forgive, number one. Forgiveness is so important in the Christian faith. Get rid of all that bitterness and move on. You want to hold on to things? This journey as being a Christian is going to be really difficult for you because Jesus taught us how to live and what to do and forgiveness was a key part of it. Toxic people, the first thing you got to do is you got to forgive them. Number one, first and foremost. And I'm going to challenge you with number two. You've seen it already, but you're going to see it again. Go talk to someone. You coward you coward. And I'm going to say the same thing to me because I'm a coward. Because these relationships could be fixed and solved and saved if we just 
stepped out of the box and out of our comfort zone. As Jesus called us to do, we know what he told us to do. We just have trouble doing it. And then things get more toxic. So I'm going to challenge you today. Go have an honest conversation. And, and I, maybe you need to write it out before. Maybe you need to talk to somebody before. Maybe you need to come and talk to somebody here at DHC and go, hey, listen, I'm gonna, I, I got to do this. I know I need to do it. But I need to figure out what to say and how God will speak through me. I, like, I got to figure, that's okay. But an honest conversation might be necessary. And then after you have that conversation, may or may not go well. That's where God works, through that tension. Determine if the relationship can be saved. Because if the relationship can be saved and things can move forward in a better direction, that is at the core of the Christian faith what it's all about. Healing, restoration, redemption, faith in Christ, making all things new. If that relationship is saved and all of a sudden things are fixed, you have the opportunity to tell a story. This was broken, but God brought it back together. The toxicity was running through our veins, but we made it right. What's that going to be like in your life? I don't know. But I know this. I'm on a journey and you're on a journey. And on that journey, here on this earth, every single day, relationships are encountered. They're had. Some of them are toxic. Maybe more than we'd like. How are we going to heal those? as we detox in our own life to make sure that we're better in the future and things are different as we continue this faith journey. Let me pray for us. Father, God, for who you are and what your message says about, what your word says about these folks we take seriously and God help us to figure it out because we know that we need to be a representative to this broken world of how relationships can be solved and saved and worked through. And Jesus, I just stop today and pray for anybody in this room because we know people are dealing with this. I pray that you would enter this space in their hearts and allow conviction and your spirit and your word to land on their shoulders as they navigate through it. God, this is hard. But for anybody who's dealing with this right now, I pray that you would be present in their lives, that you would work through this message, that you would work through their lives to do what they need to do, to have those conversations, to heal if it can be healed. And if it can't, then would you allow discernment to be in their lives? God, we love you. We'd be so quick to give you the glory when these things happen. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.